Hi, welcome back. I'm your host, Robin, and you are now listening to my podcast, Broken, Strength Under Control. Did you know that you have been called to be a light in this dark world we are living in? Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Today, I have a special guest, but before I introduce her, we will be talking about when you are called to walk alone. That's right. Isaiah 41 and 10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I thought that was kind of interesting um, because my is actually capitalized. And what that tells me is, is that it's an emphasis on who God is in our lives and what he will do for his children. So, you know, I'm very excited about this episode. Um, I'm bringing someone, I have someone on who has become like yet another sister. I, I have one biologically, but I have many other bonus ones as well. And so in that, not only is she like a sister, but she's like a friend as well. She has been an ear. Um, and I'm just so excited to have her on. Um, we have had many, many conversations. And this is how this topic came about was via a conversation that she and I were having. So let me not belabor and just introduce her. Her name is Angie. Angie, welcome to the podcast. Um, why don't you tell the people a little bit about who you are? Well, thank you, Robin, for having me. Um, I think you said a little bit about who I am. I feel like if I had to describe myself, I would just simply say I'm a country girl trapped in the city. Like, <laughs> that. I mean, that's as simple as I can put it. What you see is what you get. If you don't want to hear it, don't ask me. Um... Um, I love who I love. And if I don't fool with you, there's no questions. I just don't like you. Maybe it's just my spirit does not like <laughs> you. We just don't connect on that level. And it's okay. You know? So, I mean, and I have to say one of the things that I love is my Jeep. Like, I love just getting in it and just riding and relaxing. So, I try to keep it low key. I try not to bother nobody. And I prefer not to be bothered. I think that's about who I am, Robin. Well, amen. amen. You know, sometimes, sometimes it's just like that, Angie. Sometimes, you know, you know, you just, you know what you like, you like what you like, you know how you operate. And generally we tend to um, try to stay in that same flow, that same vein, you know, because it's nothing like um, having some, having a collision with someone who don't really, you don't mesh with. Right. You mm -hmm. don't really know why you don't mesh with them, but you just know you don't mesh with them. Our spirits don't connect. Our spirits are like, mm. <laughs> okay. Mm -mm. Well, you know, so when I told you that the topic was going to be when you are called to walk alone, what was your thoughts? That's me. Like, <laughs> I thought about instantly my life over the past two years. I'm like, dang, that's, that's literally what I've been doing. And, you know, walking alone is not always a bad thing it is definitely an opportunity for you to really dig into yourself and you know I really took this opportunity for me as a time for healing you know I'm, I'm more of an introvert even though people think I'm an extrovert I'm really not I'm more of an introvert and 
you know, I relocated and just spending that time alone with me and God and just really taking those time, this time to really deal with some of the childhood trauma, relationship trauma, and just ensuring that when I am reconnected with the people that I love, that I will not be the same woman coming in, going out. Like, I refuse to accept that. Like, I'm tired of carrying baggages from my past. I'm ready to, you know, throw those bags away. I got new suitcases now. And so I'm ready to just go forward. And walking alone was really necessary. It was necessary. As painful as it was, it was necessary. Well, all right then. Now, I like that new suitcase. Yes, girl. It's funny that you even said that because I got a brand new one sitting in the box behind my door right now as we speak. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) So I like that. I like that. I like that. You know, for me, um, I'm not really, I think I'm a little bit of both when it comes down to being an introvert and an extrovert. Like I'm, I'm like a chameleon. Mm. If I had to term a word for me, it would be a chameleon because any environment you put me in, I'm going to blend in. Okay. With that environment. So, and I can hang with the best of them. Um, now, I don't do ratchet, but if I have to go there, I'm going to just go there with you. Um, you know, so, but for the most part, I am very a straightforward person. I, I shoot straight from the hip. If it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, what is it? It's a duck. Amen. Okay. It's not um, nothing else. It's not a bird. It's not a geese. Mm-hmm. It's a duck. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so again, um, at the end of the day, um, I thought that this was very interesting because it did come by way of us having a conversation because you spoke about, you know, your whole transition and how you've been alone and, you know, we're from the same hometown. So your family is there mm-hmm. your son is there your your family you know your your people are there mm-hmm. and so literally you have not had anyone there with you but God that's it and so uh which takes me right on in to my first question for you <laughs> so what do you do when God stops you right in your tracks and shows you exactly how you've been living ooh well you know the first thing is you have to be in a place where you can hear God speaking to you like there are times that's what I really think COVID has been COVID has been a time where we are really supposed to be be still and listening and to be like I would say I started walking alone before I even was really alone I would say I began my walk alone in May of 2018, even though I had people around me, but it was so chaotic, it was so dysfunctional around me that the only place I felt comfortable was when I would spend time with God. That And so it was like, I, I, kept, I kept hearing God say, do you trust me? Now we about to go through some crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. But do you trust me? And I'm like, all right, Lord, this is what we about to do. This is what we about to do. And when I say it got crazy, I mean, it got crazy. It was like the tornado. You know how when you look, the eye of the tornado, if I'm not mistaken, I think that's the calmest. So I was like going right at the tornado. And my life was it was the tornado until I got 
to the calm side and I'm now at a calm but girl look it was crazy well you know I'm gonna speak to the eye of the storm mm-hmm. the eye of the storm was God mm-hmm. because he was letting you know that it didn't matter how much chaos was going on around you but if you kept your focus on him yes. being in the center that calmness that you that we always speak about mm-hmm. before the storm that's yep. him and so you know I thought for like even for myself you know this pandemic has shown me what I was capable of surviving through mm-hmm. and then it not only showed me that but it also showed me some places in me that really wasn't pretty Ooh. that I didn't want to look yes. at you know what I'm saying that I didn't want to I didn't want to face I didn't want to I didn't want to think about them I didn't want to talk about them and and for for a while there between my anxiety between the job getting on my nerves between just being in a compacted space all day long with no outlet um it started to just I I, I felt the old me mm-hmm. rearing up where I was you know because there was a time where I was just I mean I still can be mean I still can look at you, you crazy human. but it's it's improved mm-hmm. amen okay it's it's improved and and, and God's not finished with mm-hmm. me yet and I don't I don't make any excuses for it I don't try to justify my behaviors because a lot of times I, it's not right. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I know within myself when it's not right because the Holy Ghost checks mm-hmm. me. Okay, and so walking this pathway, I feel like I've been alone for a very long time. Again, I can reiterate and, and piggyback off of what you said how you have a lot of people around you and still yet be alone. And so, I mean, when it got real thick and real tense in this house, I had to find another place to go into or go off to because I couldn't go outside of the house. Mm -hmm. You see Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And so for me, a lot of times it was me in my word or I was praying or I had some kind of gospel music in my ear or some kind of word in my ear, in my headphones, because if, if not for that, I have to honestly tell you, I would not have survived these months of being in this and what was even more interesting was was that God had already started to prepare us before we even went into that mode but we didn't see it you know so I get it you know when you talk about um you were already walking alone I feel like I've been in a season of just solitude and I'm like Lord okay what is this? You know, you you said something, Robin, that triggered a memory for me. When, you know, we always think, and, and this is something that literally just hit me. You know how when we say we're alone, we, we, we're meaning physically alone. Right. And I remember right. as a child, I always felt like, and I've always believed that God guided me on everything I did as a child. I knew when I was doing something right and I knew when I was doing something wrong and I knew when I was in and out of order. I always knew that. But there was a period of time and I can't even remember the year, but I know 20, 20 I would say 2016-ish through 2018 when mm-hmm. the voice of God was completely silent in my life. 
And that was the most alone that I've ever felt. And I remember I was a hot mess. I mean, capital mm. M-E-S-S. And I, I just remember one day sitting down when I had got tired of being just a mess. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, now I done just drifted too far away. Because I know, you know, they always tell you, God doesn't move, you move. Truly, I moved. I did. And I remember having the conversation. I was like, you know what, Lord? I- I'm about to do whatever I want to do, blah, blah, blah. And when I say, he was like, all right, I'll holler at you later. I'm telling you what happened. <laughs> and it wasn't until, I want to say, 20, 20, it might have been 20, Seven, no, because it was 2016. It was 2016. I remember I had watched War Room, and I think that's when that movie came out. But I watched War Room, and I saw how that lady had a prayer corner. And I was like, you know, my prayer life is not where it should be. I had stopped going to church. And not saying going to church um, is the key, but my relationship was wrong. And so I had to mm-hmm. reestablish my relationship. And I remember one day, I had this little corner in my bedroom and I remember one day getting on my knees in that corner and just bawling my eyes out. I was like, my life is a mess. It's my fault. I don't hear from you anymore. I don't know which way I'm supposed to be going. And it was like slowly but surely I began to know I was getting closer to him because like he doesn't move. It's us. And the closer I mm-hmm. began to get to him, it's like the relationship that I have with God right now is so much better than anything I've ever had in my life with him. And I don't always get it right, but I'm telling you before I make any moves, I'm like, Lord, what about this? Like I have learned that I don't make moves. I don't make moves without divine uh, instruction. So, or, or without divine approval. I'm like, okay, this may not be where I need to be or where I need to go because that time period when he was silent was a complete and utter mess. Well, you know, I'm going to speak to that silence because just picture and what I saw when you said that was even though he what you might not have felt like he was speaking to you or you could hear from him during mm-hmm. that time frame he was still not really lurking i don't want to use that term in. lurking but he was still whether you was tuned in or not he still no. had not mm-hmm. left you he still was watching mm-hmm. over you he still was making provisions and protecting you even yes. in your mess he still was, he still was mm-hmm. right there. And I have to honestly tell you, I can speak to that for the simple fact that um, some years ago, I had a mm-hmm. breaking point in my own life, right? And I had just had enough, Angie. If truth be told, this is a truth moment and I'm going to be very transparent mm-hmm. in this moment. I had just had a breaking point and I just was tired. I was Mm -hmm. tired of being hurt. I was tired of feeling like I was not appreciated. I was tired of feeling like I didn't matter, like nobody cared for me. And then I started thinking, well, what would it matter if I was still living anyway? It's not like my Mm -hmm. life really matters. So, you know, and I sat on my bed in my room one night 
and it was pitch black. And I remember it so vividly, like, like it was yesterday. And I was sitting on the edge of my bed and I had just cried Angie till I literally didn't have any more tears to cry out. That's how hard and how long I had been crying. And I tried to lay down to go to sleep and my head was eyes popped open my head looking at the ceiling looking at the ceiling fan and then tears would just start rolling down again mm-hmm. out down my face and I kept thinking to myself you know I really don't it doesn't matter I don't matter you know if I had a gun right now it right. would be over with but see how I got this let me just tell you how my imagination mm-hmm. and how my thoughts I started thinking to myself it would be my luck that I would not be successful in that right be a right Robin yes see what I'm saying and so and so during that time I was in school and I remember calling my math teacher and telling him that I just I, I wasn't gonna make it to class I was struggling I you know I was just very stressed depressed and and the realist conversation I ever had with a stranger who just only knew me by me showing up for class was my instructor and he said to me on the phone he said look here he said your grade is going to be fine he said go get some help and see about yourself he told me he said I'm gonna share something with you he said I understand where you are because I have been dealing with that. I take meds. I go see a counselor for it, even to this day. So he opened up enough to share with me. And so I actually wound up going and checking myself into Mm -hmm. the hospital. And I don't know if if you could feel any more alone than Mm -hmm. that, right? And so I'm on the psychiatric ward. And I'm literally seeing people who are so drugged up that they mm-hmm. look like zombies. When that door opened and closed, as I was walking down the hallway, I, I said to myself, my God, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. And why am I here? And I was scared. I was scared in that place because I was like, well, what if I bump one of these people by accident and they just take me right on out? Then I'm really going to be that's when you realized you really didn't want to die. Like, <laughs> you was like, wait. Right. It was it, it was in that instance. But I'm going to just tell you how I know God will still be looking and watching and protecting and covering you, even in a place where you don't even think that you can hear him. Because my nurse on that side of the hospital, her name Amen. was Grace. Amen. I said, okay, Lord, I hear you but I'm not listening Mm -hmm. to you right now. And so when I moved over to the other side where it wasn't as critical as that side, when I got over there, my nurse over there, her name was Uh Grace. I said, okay, I still hear you, but whatever. I'm not listening to you. I still Mm -hmm. wasn't trying to hear God. So that's why I say I know that even in a place where you see, it seems like he's not saying anything. It seems like he is the farthest away mm-hmm. from you than he's ever been. That's probably when he was the most closest to us, but we can't because yes. we're hung up. We're in our thoughts. We're in our feelings. We're in our emotions. We're in that moment. You know, it doesn't feel like that. It doesn't seem like that. It doesn't look like that to us. And because it doesn't, we think yeah. that he's not. 
and that's not the case at all and so I think that that was you know it was a very critical time in my life as well but at the same time I realized then that that scripture about where he says if you make your bed in hell I will be with you wherever you make your bed Mm. I'm gonna be there with you that's a true true King David he couldn't even realize how much truth that was when he wrote that in there yeah you see what I'm saying and so that's a very true concept that's a very true statement and so where we try to run I told someone this the other day no you can't outrun God you can't outrun his anointing. You can't outrun your calling. You can't outrun Mm-mm. him. I mean, you may take a detour, because but you still are going to do exactly what he's assigned yeah. you to do. That's all you, you just do. delayed your process. <laughs> all you did mm-hmm. was delay your process, but you're going to still wind up, you're going to wind up being where he 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 put you, yeah. he wanted you to be at in yeah. person, just like Jonah. Jonah tried to get on a whole nother boat and go in a whole nother different direction. And God had a plan because Jonah was going to mm-hmm. go do what he told him to do. But because he had attitude and he yeah. was angry with God, he didn't yeah. want to do that. You see what I'm saying? That's how we do. When we get mad, we don't want to do what we're called to do. But at the same time, all you're doing is just delaying the inevitable. Yes. You're delaying your yes. process. And he's going to wait. He's going to be like, okay, I'll wait for it. Because eventually but you, you have know, to come back you this said way. something that triggered something else. And you said, God is still going to put you where you're supposed to be. Now, that reminds me mm-hmm. of when I moved to D.C. And when I moved to this area, look, I ain't know nobody. <laughs> I ain't had no place to stay. I just, I knew that. I said, mm-hmm. I got enough money for one week to be in a hotel. I knew that. And I said, but I got to find me a place. Here's the kicker. I had never in my life been to D.C., that was my first time ever coming to D.C. Um, all I knew was that I had a job. I didn't know where the job was. I knew the agency, but I didn't know where it was in the city. I didn't know where I was supposed to be living. Mm-hmm. I just kept picking hotels and going from hotel to hotel. And I remember one night I had, I stayed at the Marriott in um, oh, Woolly Park. Woolly Park Marriott. And I remember I walked outside and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is where I want to stay. And uh, my friend, he was like, oh, the guy that was, you know, my, my I guess I'm going to call him my realtor. He was like, um, well, this area is over your price range. I was like, dang. But what I didn't know was that, you know, that's why they said words like God is going to put you right where you're supposed to be. So I had seen a couple of other apartments. I had put in an application at somebody, this, this one couple, they had a basement. You know, they do a lot of those basement apartments here. So I put in that application. Then I put in an application at a studio with shucks. At that time, it, if it was 300 square feet, it would have shocked me. It was, I mean, you didn't even have enough room for a bed. You had a couch and a kitchen and a bathroom. And I'm telling uh-huh. you, and so I put in an application for that. And when it got down to the wire, the closer, I first saw my job on Monday. So the closer I got to Monday, I hadn't heard from the basement apartment. I had not heard from the other apartment. And so I got up that morning. I was in Tyson's Corner. I had a free hotel room. I said, okay, I'll stay here tonight. 
at a free hotel and I got up and it was time to check out and I had leftovers from the night before so I said so I went downstairs I had, I had my little suitcase with me and I asked the guy I said can I just sit down here so I, I had checked out I said can I sit here and eat my food and he was like sure so I sat there and ate my food and I sent out a mass email and I was like Lord I started my job on Monday and I ain't got no place to stay and it's Sunday it's Sunday so um, I sent mm-hmm. out these mass emails and I was like, okay, I'm about to drive around DC and look for for rent signs. Keep in mind, I got o- Ohio mentality because you can drive around DC all day and you less than likely to find a for rent sign. I ain't know that. So I'm driving around and the one for rent sign I did find, I really couldn't afford that. I was like, oh my goodness. So I remember I pulled over in this nice little area and it was just beautiful and I sat there it's getting late in the evening and I still hadn't found an apartment and this is Sunday my job starts Monday I'm running out of money and I just sit there and started crying I cried like a freaking baby and I was like Lord I ain't got no place to stay I'm running out of money I'm about to be homeless um my job start Monday and then so as I don't I don't know boohoo like a big baby cried my end out and then as I got done crying I said okay and you gotta suck this up put your big girl panties on you here for a reason he done brought you this far it's gonna work out I kid you not not even mm-hmm. five minutes later I get an email from one of the apartments that have been sending emails for all day and the lady emailed me back and she said her name was her name was Maggie so she emailed me back and she was like hey you know, what kind of apartment you looking for? You know, at the, I didn't care. A place, a place to sleep, like a place to call my own. And so mm-hmm. we started, she called mm-hmm. me and she was telling me and she said, where are you? And I said, honestly, I don't know. I said, um, I read her the street name that I saw and she said, look up. Can you see the cathedral at the top of the hill? And I was like, oh yeah, I do see that. She said, you are around the corner. She gave me directions. I drove around the corner. I had a GPS because I couldn't follow her directions either. So I got around the corner and it was so crazy because I met her and she asked me, she said, okay, so, so, so why are you here? And I explained to her, I said, oh, I got a job here. Um, I'm looking for an apartment. I need some place to stay, blah, blah, blah. You know, I ain't trying to give her no sob stories. I, you know, I'm trying to, you know, be a big girl. Tell her why I'm here. She said, okay. She said, we got one apartment on the seventh floor. I said, okay. Went and saw the apartment and it was a studio. And I was like, okay, this is, she said, she said, what do you think about it? I said, I'll take it. She said, okay. And so we went back at, we went back down to her office and I'm the only one in there, me and her. She said, okay, now really, why are you here? All of a sudden I just started crying and I was like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm really getting out of a marriage. He don't know it yet, but I am. I ain't have no intention of going back. It's been a place I, I can't do it anymore. Like I'm, I feel like I'm fleeing for my safety right now. And she said, "I've been." Mm-hmm. And girl, I tell you, she said, "You will not leave here today without this apartment." And we sat there all night. My credit score was like five twenty something, so I ain't even qualified. I didn't qualify for this apartment. Now she said, "Do you have your offer letter?" I said, "Yeah." Now here's the crazy part. I didn't even know why I put the offer letter in that envelope that I had. I was like, you know what? It's right here. 
everything she needed. I had been placing it in this one envelope, not knowing why. And I gave her everything I needed, everything mm. she needed. Before I left that night, I had an apartment. I went back. I had enough money. And then, wait, oh, and this is the killer part. So keep in mind, I didn't qualify for the apartment, right? So when she mm-hmm. ran my credit, because it was so freaking low, I should have had to pay first month and last month. But I got there on the last day of the special, which was no security deposit. And they waived the amenity fee. So do you know how much I had to pay that day? Nothing. So check this out. Mm. So I didn't qualify on my credit score. I didn't qualify to be a no security deposit, but, but God just worked that out. So the money that I had been saving for my first and last month's rent actually paid for me another night, two more nights at the um, residence inn because all my meals over there was free because, you know, they served lunch and dinner. And then I was able to buy a mattress because keep in mind, all I had with me was the clothes that I could carry in my truck. I had no freaking furniture. I had nothing, not a bed, a chair, a table, nothing, just clothes. And it was so funny because she asked me, she said, so where's your stuff? I said, uh, what's up? She said, your furniture. I said, I'm not sure you quite understood what I said. I ain't got nothing. She said, well, you know what? We have a program here that as our tenants move out, they post stuff on this thing called Marketplace. And some of it's free. And some of it you might have to pay a little bit for. I said, I beg your pardon. So everything that I got, I ordered me a mattress that was delivered on Wednesday that I moved in. That was all I had in a table and chair set that I found downstairs that somebody was about to throw away. So I furnished my entire studio apartment on stuff that I bought off the marketplace. So, girl. What? Girl. (laughs) Amen. Somebody (laughs) needs to hear that. Okay? Because at the end of the day, that's why I said to you, even when you could not feel him even when you didn't you couldn't hear him yes he was still making provisions for you he was still providing for Mm -hmm. you and that's who he is that's who he's always been and I, i mean i can tell you countless stories of times when if i look back over my life yeah people say if i look back over my life i could i can tell you different things and different times when i know beyond the shadow of a doubt that there was angels and everything else watching over me taking care of me there was a hedge of protection around Mm -hmm. me even when I was being foolish there was still some Mm -hmm. protection there for me and so it kind of leads me to my next thing um so when you think about um when you're called to walk alone you know you spoke about how it was just you and God and so now in this season God Mm -hmm. is pruning things from your life so can you speak to what your thoughts were, like your feelings, your emotions during this time as you were going through a season of being pruned? Because a lot of times when we're being pruned, you know, he's taking stuff away, but he's also putting stuff in replacement of yeah. those things that he's removing. Right. So what were your feelings like and your emotions like um, after you relocated you knew that you were going to be in this 
physically alone because your family wasn't around or anything like that. So kind of touch a little bit on what your thoughts were and your feelings and emotions you know, was, was scared, during this time. But I knew I had to do it. Like when I the one when I really sat down and started like taking inventory of my life, I realized that this is the very first time that I've ever really truly lived by myself. Like it hasn't been me and my son, me and my aunt, me and some dude, me and my mom. You know, it's just been me. And this time truly mm. allowed me that what nobody depended on me to do nothing, and I couldn't depend on nobody to do nothing. So I knew. If I, if I could get it done, it was just me and God. That was it. But what this time really allowed me to do was, like I stated earlier, unpack some baggage. There were some things and people that had, that had a hold on some of my emotions from childhood that I had been trying. I'm trying to be, I'm, I'm this hurt baby trapped in this grown woman's body. There were emotions and feelings that I had not healed from nor, you know, resolved. And how are you going to be in a relationship at 45 and you still got unresolved feelings something happened to you when you was two or three? Like, let's be honest. You don't Until you deal with it, it does not get resolved. So, like, I can say, like, the more things I really started giving to God, like, why did this have to happen? Or why did this happen? I could just really feel him healing those old wounds. And there was a period of time where I tried to go back home earlier. And every time I tried to go, he was like, Mm-mm, no, I'm not done. Your process is not done. And I had to just be like, all right, you know what, Lord, if this ain't meant for me to go back yet, it ain't going to work out no way. I'm cool. And every single time I accepted that, something else miraculous happened. And it was so cool. And so... I can honestly say I'm the person that left Ohio in 20 October the 20th, 2018 is not the same person that's going back. It's a completely different girl, a woman, young lady. And it feels good. You know how good it feels to know that you ain't still, you don't believe that you was abandoned. That feels good no longer to have to carry that hurt. It feels like, you know what, I was abandoned. I feel abandoned when I was when I was a little girl. You know, I don't feel like anybody really loved me as as a child. That's it's hard to admit, to admit as a woman. Now imagine being in a relationship, and that's how you really feel. And anything that person does feeds that insecurity that you have. It only continues to destroy you. And sometimes, you know, you have to break away from those things and and shoot as you title this this episode, walk alone. And give your time, give yourself time to heal from that. Because it feels good. You know, if you always, right. if you broke your leg and every day of your life you walked around with a broken leg, you would no longer realize that leg was broken until somebody healed that broken leg. And you said, dang, I walk different. This this feels good. That's how I feel. I mm-hmm. feel like I walked around mm-hmm. for years with scars and hurt and pain. And you wake up like I'd have dreams and be scared. And there was, but to wake up now and be like, you know what? I don't even know why I was worried about that. Like, I mean, I feel good. I feel healed. Mm-hmm. I feel delivered. And I'm telling you, if I had to do it again, i.e., meaning come back and, and be alone, I could. 
and I would because it has been so healing and so and so transforming that I mean it was just necessary scary as heck but necessary okay and you know and I think that's interesting because you're absolutely correct a lot of times when when there is a pruning part of the Mm -hmm. process you know we buck up against it because what it causes you to have to do is really face you and so and then God is trying to get that Egypt mm-hmm. mentality out of your thought process. Because that's no different than the children of Israel. Every time it got difficult, every time it got crazy, or every time they wasn't getting mm-hmm. what they wanted, they wanted to go back to Egypt. And, and so they had right. left Egypt, but their minds had not left Egypt. And so, you know, what, I, what it showed me was that God has always truly been mm-hmm. with me all this time right and then when you really think about it Jesus mm-hmm. always yep. went to a place he would withdraw from everyone and get to a place mm-hmm. alone where he could have time with his father even though yeah. he was him you know it's like he got away from everybody else to be mm-hmm. with his dad and himself and his spirit they were all connected and the reality of that is is that sometimes it's just good to get alone withdraw unplug unpack as you said um from everything and everyone so that you can really get to the root of the issue and then not have to go back to that place Again, because who wants to keep revisiting Egypt? You know, it's almost like they say, you can take the girl out the ghetto. Well, I don't know about the the ghetto, but I know you can't take the country out. Because that's for sure. Like, you can't, I don't care what you do. (laughs) (laughs) But but you know what I'm, you you know, you know what I mean by you can't take that mentality. Like, no matter where they go, they still got that same Mm -hmm. mentality. They haven't changed their thought process. So when you begin to walk alone, there's a lot of different things about you that's going to change. And your thinking is one of them. Because if you don't change that, and that's in everything. That's in everything that you do. Every every single thing. It starts Mm -hmm. with your thoughts about that thing, right? And so, you know, this has been real interesting because that word that you had when mm-hmm. you shared it with me the other day I told you that was for me <laughs> and all this time you've been sitting yes. with that word in your mouth but I'm so grateful and so thankful that you um, came on to share a little bit about you know your experience in walking alone you know because I know that it hasn't been an easy path mm-hmm. for you you know we've had countless conversations you know, we had countless prayer time and just different things like that. Uh, you know, because we're being transparent right now. You know what I'm saying? And I know that it hasn't been easy for you. I, I mean, you've been an ear when I didn't feel like I had another ear to turn to, you know. And so and and I appreciate the fact that you didn't judge me. 
I appreciate the fact that you didn't look at me some kind of way because I shared my true thoughts with you. And that's another thing. When you're on a path alone, a lot of times people are not willing to hear what you really have to say because right. they can't handle your truth. And whether it's okay, whether they feel like it's truth or not, right. the fact of the matter is it's what's true to you in that moment. And so as I get ready to close out, I'm going to leave the people with something very positive here. And so what I wrote down for everyone is, is God sees you as a treasure because you are one. He wants you to realize that as well. He wants you to see that you're a champion. And sometimes champions have to rise above and walk alone for a little while. And so you know, before I sign off, I just want to let everyone know that the podcast is available on these platforms, Anchor, of course, Apple, Google, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Overcast, and Radio Public. And I'm going to do a shameless plug real quick here. Um, keep this date in mind, January the 11th, 2021. That is the re-release of my book, Broken, To Be or Not To Be. That is the question. I will be doing some lives coming up here starting in December. I will actually start doing pre-orders for the book. Um, I might even do a virtual Zoom sip and chat. I don't know what I'm going to be doing, y'all. I just know that this book is going to be re-released. I, I tweaked it. I took my time in tweaking it. I had a phenomenal publisher um, who just walked with me hand in hand, step every step of the way. And I mean, I probably got on her nerves, but again, she just walked with me through this process. And so I took my time during this quarantine and revamped and re and tweaked the book a little bit. But when I tell you it is something in there for you, you don't want to miss that. You don't want to miss that. I will also be autographing copies if someone wants an autograph copy. But again, save the date, January the 11th, 2021, the re-release of my first self-published book, Broken, To Be or Not To Be, that is the question, will be re-released on that day. And again, I'm your host, Robin. And I want to say thank you for tuning in. Be encouraged and know that I'm...